As we remain standing, shall we turn to the scriptures? John chapter 6, verse 9. John 6, 9. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you will speak into our lives. We pray that you will release goodness and grace, that the proclamation of God's word will become effective and fruitful. In Jesus' name, we bind every resistance to the preaching of God's word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. The message is titled, When Heaven Counts on You. When Heaven Counts You, on you In. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. Uh, the Lord gave me the grace last weekend. I was in Karnataka ministering from God's word. I'll thank the Lord for the traveling mercies. The weather was not good. As I was leaving, there was a storm brewing, and I missed all these. The Lord helped me to reach there before time, minister there, and be back on time. Thank the Lord for God's goodness, and want to thank the church for keeping me in prayer. Really, truly, Appreciate that. Amen. Coming to the word of God. When heaven counts you in. Amen. You know, we know this particular setting very well without getting too much into it. You know the setting? Jesus feeding thee. Jesus feeding thee. 5,000 men. Again, they miss the sisters. Jesus feeding the 5,000, of course, there were women, there were children. We know that there were children. How do you know there were children? Yes, that's right. That's what we're going to talk about. When heaven counts you in. There's a great multitude of needy, hungry people that has been listening to Jesus from morning to evening. Jesus, of course, have his helpers. They are not like Santa's helpers. They are his disciples that he's been constantly being pouring into them, mentoring them, 
discipling them, grooming them one day to go into the ends of the earth and make a difference and propagate the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus looks at one of them and he tells them, you know, we need to do something for them. Why don't you guys feed them? And you just look blank. What do you mean? Feed them. You know, even if we have 200 denarii, we cannot pull this out. You know, we cannot do this. It looks like an impossible task. But gee, the Bible says one of them, Andrew, goes and finds a lad. And that's where I want, to I want you to look at that verse 6-9, the first part of the verse. There is a lad here. There is a lad here. How many people are there? How many people are there? 5,000, and my calculation, I might be wrong, around 25,000 people. 5,000 men, of course, at least another 5,000 women. And, of course, the children, because if the lad is there, you know there are children there. And, say, a family of five, it's a small family at that time. All right? After all, they all are the descendants of the tribal father who had how many children? Twelve plus one, thirteen children. So they are the followers of the tribal father. All right? So minimum the number is 25,000 people. But here is, this is where we are going with this. Such a big number. But the Bible talks, says, there is a lad here. More than 25,000 people. But when heaven looks, heaven is saying, there is one kid in this multitude that can make a difference right here, right now. One person, one boy, one boy having looked among the multitude. From morning to evening, they are receiving of the Lord. The Lord is speaking into their lives and they are on the receiving end. But when heaven scans the multitudes, finds one lad willing to what? Wow. I want one of the guys to come, one of the lads to come. Come on, come on. Any one of the lads. If you think you're a lad, come on. One of the, come on. Come, 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 come. One of you guys come, man. If you're a lad, come on. Hurry up. Don't take a whole day. Come on. I'm sorry you guys missed it. This is what happens. All right? All right, hold this. Hold this. This is the bag. All right. Okay? It's not the best example because he's not a lad. This is a man. All right? But we need men too. All right. So can you imagine among the multitude... There was this one guy who was receiving all day. All day from the Lord. He received from morning to evening. But 
he was not only receiving, he was propped up. He had received enough at this point to do what? To make a difference. Listen, it does not matter how long we've been hearing God's word. It does not matter. If we are not there when the Lord is looking for us to make a difference in the world, in the community, in the church, I don't know what to say. Now, you know, our God is a very unique God. You know what the Bible tells about God like this? Our God is a God who calls those things that are not into existence. He spoke everything in creation into existence by the power of his word. Satan knew that Jesus has the power to transform substance. That's why he said, if you are truly the son of God, change the stones, change these pebbles into bread. Can Jesus do it? If he wants, he can do it. And there are lots of pebbles in the mountainside. Or he doesn't even need the pebbles. He can just call a feast into the, in that wilderness. Because for 40 years he supplied manna from heaven. Okay. And when they were yearning for meat, the Bible says God struck the head of the Leviathan and he dispersed those flesh, put wings on it and served the meat. If God can do that, don't you think he could have just spoken and prepared a table for them in the wilderness? He could have done it. He could have. But Jesus is telling his disciples, you guys take care of this need. Take care of the need. Philip was baffled, did not know what to do. Of course, like us, what, we, what do we do when we have a need? Huh? What do we do? We call our accountant. We sit down and we bless one plus one plus one plus one plus. And we calculate and we scratch our head and we say what? This is not possible. It's not going to happen. That's too much. That's too much. It's not going to happen. That's how the disciples did. But then there was one disciple. He did what? He went around looking. And I believe that it was not only Danny who had come with his brown bag, with his lunch bag. I believe that there were many people in that crowd who had their lunch bag with them. And this is what, in my imagination, this is what I believe, okay? They were coming after Jesus. They were with Jesus all along, all day. And of course, there's going to be a lot of people in there who are poor and destitute, cannot afford a meal. They were not eating. But there were guys whose parents had made lunch pack for their children. And they were there, the parents there with the lunch pack. And guess what? This is what I think. The lunch was prepared. All the smart guys, you know what they did? They ate the lunch for breakfast. Uh-huh. Because they know that if they go after Jesus, why eat the barley loaves, man, when Jesus is serving wonder bread? 
Jesus is serving wonder bread. Who wants the barley loaves? So what did they do? They ate their break, they ate their lunch in the at the breakfast time. Then there are the disciplined ones. Do you know what they do? They eat on time and they sleep on time. That's very important. So they did what? They consume their lunch during lunchtime. Then there are the wise ones. You know what the wise ones did? They saved their lunch. And they would save it. They know that there's going to be high demand for this pack of meal by nighttime because they are where? In the wilderness. By nighttime, you can sell this thing for what? A big prize. So they are holding on to it. All right? It is in this setting that Andrew found a young man who was willing to share his meal. Okay? We need to understand this. Okay? You see divine compassion. You know, you need to understand the people did not ask Jesus for food. Did the people ask Jesus for food? Did the people demand Jesus for food? No. But you know what? Jesus who can hear the heartbeat of men and women could hear the growling in their stomach. Do you know that he, Jesus can hear the growling in your stomach? Yes. When you are, because what the Bible says, you know, he feeds the hungry, hungry, the birds. He hears the raven babies cry. So he not only hears your heartbeat, he hears your growling stomach. And Jesus knew if these guys go out, they're going to faint in the wilderness. So Jesus had divine compassion on them. And he said, I'm going to take care of this problem. But who's going to partner with me? Did you know that heaven believes in partnership? Heaven believes in partnership. We partner in the kingdom building process. In the evangelism, we partner with those who have the same goals. You know, we might not be going to Russia, we might not be going to Africa, we might not be going to India or Pakistan, but we can sit where we are and we can give them a helping hand and partner in the kingdom building process. By prayer, by support, by encouragement, we can partner with them. And heaven is always looking for partners. Okay? So Jesus said, feed them. Of course, John says Jesus already knew what he was going to do. Of course, Jesus knows what he's going to do. That's not like us. We come to our wits end, we scratch our head, we don't know what to do. All right, but Jesus knew what he was going to do. So the first thing is that he finds, Andrew finds a young man who was willing to transfer. Say transfer. Tell your neighbor transfer. Okay. Yeah, 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 the young man was willing to transfer what he was holding on so dearly throughout the daytime. Now, how many of you know if you've been holding something on for a long period of time, it's hard to give it up? Is that true? Because it gets, this is supposed to go in here. 
This is supposed to go in here. But he's been holding on to it for all day. This is stuck here now. You can't pull this off very easy. But the young boy, he came to Jesus and he heard Jesus all day. What happened? You looked inside? All right. It's more than barley bread in there. It's life-giving water in there. Okay. All right. So this young man was willing to transfer this into the hands of Jesus. In every situation of our lives, when heaven wants to manifest his power, when heaven wants to manifest his provision, his heaven is always looking for someone to partner with heaven. And just like that multitude, when heaven scans the multitude to take care of whose needs? The bread and the fish was not for Jesus and his disciples. Jesus wanted to supply the need of hungry multitude. And he was looking for someone from that multitude who would step up and say, Here I am. Adien Ida. Unfortunately, our Adien Ida always ends on the stage. We need a microphone for an Adien Ida. But Jesus is looking further than that. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe that when opportunity knocks at our door to partner with the kingdom of God, it's also a test from heaven to see what's dear to you. Your bag of barley bread or the Jesus that you claim to be your provider and your provision. Now, come with me. Okay. I know the time is up. We're going to pick it up probably next week. Where did you get this from? Where did you get this from? I gave it. That's right. Did you do anything to get this? I walked up here. Other than receiving it, did you work for it? No. Where do you think the young lad got the five barley loaves and two fishes? You think he woke up early in the morning, went to the field, gathered the wheat grain, brought it home, pressed it on the threshing floor, 
got the millets out, the grains out, put it on the mill, powdered it very well, baked the bread in the, in the oven, carried the five, went to the sea, cast the, cast the net or the line, got two fish, fried it. I know one thing, guys, it's, it was not fish curry. You know it's not fish curry, right? You know, because wherever the Bible talks about fish, Jesus did what? He put the fish where? Huh? He put it on fire, on coals. Okay? So I would, I would present it's fried fish. Okay? Fish that's been on the coal. But that was in the morning. By evening, can you imagine that the, the, the size of the fish? It's probably all crumpled, looking ugly, inedible. And if you were to open the bag, it would what? The young lad realized that this thing that has become dear to him was given to him. Was given to him. Was given for what? It was not given for give away. You got to get this right. It was not given for give away. It was given for what? Sustenance for consumption. But... Sitting under the teaching of Jesus made him conducive, charged him with faith to act upon the need of the hour. When asked for, was willing to transfer it into the hands of Jesus so that Jesus could do something supernatural with it. Praise God. Folks, the Lord is constantly looking for people who will partner with Him in a miracle, in a wonder-working process. Now, we have an option. You can become witness to a miracle or you can become part of the miracle. What do you want? What do you want? You know, if all our lives we have gone through watching and witnessing miracles and the move of God and the working of God and the provision of God and you are content with it, it's time for us to take a step forward and say, Lord, I want to be part of the miracle. I want to be part of the kingdom building process. I want to partner with you in the process of furthering the kingdom of God in the furtherance of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it takes what? Number one, willingness. 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 <laughs> so Danny gave it up. Danny transferred it. Did Danny lose anything? Danny transferred it. This belonged to Danny. Danny gave it to me. What happened? What does Danny have now? 
What does Danny have? Nothing. Empty. That is the theory of subtraction. If you have something and you give it up, you have what? Nothing. But it all depends where you give it. If you gave it into the hands of men, you will have. If you gave it into the hands of Jesus, if you gave it for the kingdom of God, if you gave it for the furtherance of the gospel, if you gave it for the purpose of God, if you gave it for the plan and the design of God for a moment, you're going to feel that it's a subtraction. You lost everything. But once it is transferred into the hands of Jesus, it's not subtraction, it is multiplication. What happened? Oh my God. Every one of those growling stomach. Philip said 200 denarii will not even, it's not even sufficient for everybody to get a bite. But the lad gave the five loaves and two fish into the hands of Jesus. Jesus blessed it and handed it to the disciples and they distributed. And the Bible says that every one of them, they ate, they were satisfied, and they were overfilled. That day they all went home with their pot belly. Why? Because when heaven looked, there was one available. One available. Did this guy get his meal? Yes. He got his meal. Not only he got his meal, everybody else got the meal. Praise God. And guess what? The lad goes into the history books? No into the scripture for heaven to project him and promote him and to show what the difference one person can make. God gives us opportunity to make a difference. Difference in one person's life, difference in one family, difference in a church, difference in a community, difference in a nation, but you got to start somewhere. He's looking this morning for that one person. Praise God. Would you become that one person who's willing to transfer what has been entrusted to you into the caring hand of Jesus? Nay, into the multiplying hands of Jesus so that your needs will be met and the needs of multitude around you. Thank you, Danny. God bless you. Here, this is a reward for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Shall we rise up before the Lord? All eyes closed. A moment. Maybe all you have is five barley loaves and two fish. Do you know in the hands of the master, it can go farther than in your hands.
when heaven knocks at your door, would you be willing to transfer what has been entrusted into your hands? Can heaven count on you? Can you become that man, that woman, that boy, that girl, that can make a difference, that can make an impact in the kingdom of God? Would you say, Lord, give me grace to trust you, not only with my soul, but with my possession as well. Lord, I trust you with my soul. When I gave my heart to Jesus, I know he's going to see me through. But can I give my treasures into the hands of the Lord? Can I give things that I feel is valuable, that has taken residence in my heart, that has taken residence in my life? Am I willing to hand it to Jesus? Let me tell you, no one who has handed their treasures into their hands of Jesus have gone bankrupt because heaven pays back with an interest that will flow into generations to come. Praise God. Can you trust heaven? Can you trust heaven? Would you pray, Lord, Adienida, I want the choir to come up. And we're going to conclude with that song. Praise God. Here I am. And as we sing that song, in the realms of treasures, in the realms of possessions, in the realms of wealth, would you trust Jesus? Would you be willing to hand it over to him so that you can also partner in the kingdom building process. As we sing that song, sing together, but mean what you say with your lips so that heaven can record and heaven can look into the house of God this morning and say, I see more than one lad in the house of God. I see more than one man in the house of God. I see more than one maiden in the house of God. I see more than one woman in the house of God willing to transfer their wealth into the hands of Jesus for His glory. Jesus! Jesus! 